warning. This podcast is about to open the sealed section of spirituality. Hey you. Yeah, you. We see you, you divine human being. And we are calling you to come home. We are ready to talk about the real shit. We're going to get real about life as a divine human being. The good, the not so great, spirituality and taboo. Divinely Human is the podcast that's all about what it means to be human in a spiritual context. We know it's not just about being spiritual, it's about being human too. And that means changing poopy nappies and channeling angels. Sometimes even at the same time. It's time for us to stop making other people's noise our own soundtrack of life. Let's make some waves together so that we can all ride them together and create deep resonance, a sense of home in this crazy world. Pour yourself a coffee or a glass of wine if that's your potion and sit down with your new favorite spiritual sisters as we go on a journey together into what it means to be a divine human being on this spiritual journey. Hi, and welcome back to another episode on the Divinely Human podcast. My name is Tanita. And I'm Alicia. Thanks for coming back and hanging out with us, guys. We really appreciate it. And this episode, we're going to continue our astrology series. Last week, we chatted all about Mercury and Pluto retrograde, and it was such a fun episode. Literally, I was just cutting up little shorts to post on social media, and I was like, there's so many juicy things to pull from here. And I I really want to hear from you guys. How did you enjoy that episode? Let us know if you learned something new. Send us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but we're going to continue the series and share more of the things that we've learned from our own personal journey because I don't know about you, but I definitely learn through other people's experience too. And I think that is the best way to learn is understanding how somebody else has implemented different things into their life, what's worked for them, what hasn't. So we're going to be sharing a little bit about what we really valued in our own personal journey when it comes to astrology and how that's impacted us, what we've really loved learning about. And maybe I also want to get into like what we don't necessarily vibe with as well, because I think like anything you can learn about certain things and not everything is always aligned for us. And I want to, I want to make that okay for some of us today. So yeah, let's get into it. I can't wait. I can't wait. I think um, something that that just stuck out to me listening to you speak was how you said about how you like learning through other people is so helpful. And that is one of the biggest things that I have learned about myself the last few years, um, deep diving into astrology is just hearing other people's experiences has been the biggest uh, like learning curve for me. It's helped me so much more than sitting down and taking like I don't know, like an online course or something, just being in other people's energy and hearing how they have adapted to it, how they resonate with it. It's just been magic for me. So I'm really excited to to dive into this. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, 
you know, when I first started learning about all of the planets, um, I was like, I found it really hard to personalize it. So I made sure that I watched like, um, people interpreting, um, like celebrities charts and things to see how it could actually cross over to a personality. Because I think sometimes you learn about these planets and you're like, how can they have a personality? And sometimes it is hard to bring it into reality and weave it into your own life. So seeing how it's expressed in other people really genuinely helped me. Um, I've also got a lot of planets in the first house, which so a lot of the focus for this life is all about identity and like how I show up in the world and seeing how other people do that is really beneficial for me. I'm curious to see how you learn about astrology, because I know we all have different learning styles. So mine was really understanding other people's charts. What about you? How did you go through that learning process? Um, this is so funny that we're having this conversation because I was having to go into this exact conversation last week. I had a, um, I had a branding call and I had to like tell my story of how I got into like having my space and my business. And it actually started with astrology, which is really beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Which is funny. Cause I, as soon as I, it became like a business, then I wasn't necessarily offering anything to do with astrology first up, like uh, offerings wise, but it, it came mm-hmm. to be because of astrology. Um, and I actually didn't start with interpreting my own chart, which is sounds really crazy to even listening to myself say that now. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? But I actually, the first uh, time that I dipped my toe into it and what actually made me fall in love with it was interpreting the charts for the full and the new moons instead of my own, which sounds crazy. <laughs> so I started there and no. yeah, so like I started there and once I kind of felt like I got like a handle on that, it, it honestly wasn't until like 12 months after I had started decoding like transits that I then jumped into my own chart because people were like, oh, where's this? Oh where's God. this in your chart? Where's that? And I'm like, fuck, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Um, so <laughs> that was really interesting. And again, like I just learned from uh, mainly other astrologers I wasn't really a book person when it comes to like, when it comes, like, I love reading, I love novels, I love all that stuff. But when it comes to learning things, when it, I just can't do it from a book and I've never been able to do that. Um, so for me, it's just off having certain muses in the industry or in this realm and just learning off them and um, the internet pretty much, to be honest with you. That was like the first, <laughs> until I went and I, like started doing like proper training, which was only literally like 18 months ago. I had learned and like everything that I know online, just from various sources, various astrologers. Um, and still to this day, I can say that I've, I've still learned more from that. Um, I guess those outlets than it has been ever from sitting down and taking a course, which I mean, it speaks for itself. <laughs> yes, I agree. I find that so fascinating that you started with like the moon <laughs> and then of course like moved to transits because I found the transits so hard to 
absorb. Like, and I'm still like, I really have to think about it with interpreting birth charts. I'm like, that comes really natural because I've spent so much time learning about that. And I remember I went, I learned about all the, all the planets. I learned about the zodiacs first and then the planets and then the houses and then mm. went to really strengthen my confidence in melding all of those together. And transits was only something that I really started looking into in the past like 12 months. So I find that fascinating. You're like the opposite. Like it's kind of different. <laughs> but um, yeah, I know, right? But I was the same. I I really love astrology books, but I definitely learnt majority through astrology teachers online and reading different blogs and following different people. I think that for some of the astrology books, especially the traditional ones, they have such an outdated point of yeah. view. And I really love the way that people weave their own point of view into astrology now I think that's so fucking potent and magical and I love like learning about that too because I think that astrology like I said in last the last episode it is a social science it's something that we see to continue to influence our society and our society has changed and so a perspective of it has also got to evolve um I think that's really funny but what placement in your chart did you first kind of stumble upon me it do you remember yeah it was my top like my sun moon rising and I think it probably is for a lot of Mm. people um yeah so obviously sun like I've always known that since I was (laughs) like a kid um yeah and it's so, so strange. I actually used to have astrology books around my house growing up. I don't know who owned them, whether it was my sisters or my mom, but there was always astrology books around. Um, so I, I remember like reading about my sun sign a lot as a, as a child. And then once I kind of found astrology again, I dipped my feet into like my top, my, like my big three, um, in particular. And that was, I was like, okay, we've got some more texture here. We've got some, because I've always said, even ever since I was a child, like, I don't feel like a Virgo. I just don't resonate a lot. Mm. Well, I mean, you're probably sitting there going, fuck off. You're the biggest Virgo ever. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But I understand where you're coming from too. You're like, if she tells me one more time to change something on the graphics, like, I am going to blow. <laughs> I'm like, girl, it's fine. We can post this without the thing that we posted with last time. You're like, no, it must be perfect. Honestly. I love you for that. I really do. I guess like, yeah. So yeah. And and that actually is the perfect example is like, yeah, outwardly to other people, I probably do present as a Virgo. But internally, I'm like, that's not me. That's not who I am at my core. And then, like, learning about, like, my moon and then my my ascendant was just like, oh, okay, I've got some more to work with now. Like, I actually resonate mm-hmm. with them all together, working together like that. So that was mine. I'm interested to know what yours was. <laughs> I love that. Big three has always been, like, there. I remember I used to get gifted – heaps of astrology books. And it's so funny because I don't really remember, 
I have a horrible memory, but I really don't remember talking that much about astrology, but obviously all of my friends throughout high school would see me as this very spiritual person, which comes as a a shock to me, but I would always get gifted like astrology books. And so I knew my big three pretty early on, but when I started understanding the natal chart more so, it was my North Node placement that I really, and I still am continuing to dive into that. That's probably one of my favorite placements. But in saying that, I think the most valuable placement that I've learned about is my fourth house because it's that balance for me and understanding that the opposite house of where you're wanting to kind of expand and open up, the opposite side of that is the balancing factor, is the foundation, is the thing that you need, the pillars that you need in order to, you know, venture up and expand outwards. And I always felt really, um, small because I wasn't connecting with my North node placement. And I felt really out of place in my life. I felt like, how can I even step into this? And I didn't understand that the foundation of the home, which is the fourth house, the opposite of the 10th is, which is where my North node is in the 10th is so valuable and important. And I kind of had this very like, stubborn outlook on like, well, I want to be where my North node is. And I didn't necessarily want to focus on the home Mm -hmm. and it's continuing to provide lessons that, um, bring me and pull me down into it. So I think that's really fascinating. Where is, what sign is your North node in? In Leo. Oh yeah. Okay. I feel like I know your chart off the back of my hand, but then I forget it. And then when you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, we've spoken about this before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Leo North node 10th house and then Aquarius fourth house. And I've also got Neptune and Uranus in the fourth house as well. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the nodes are really important and they have been something I agree that has been really, (sighs) it's kind of stabilizing to understand and learn about because it's like our anchor and then like where we're shooting for or like who, you know, who we truly, you know, where we want to be on a soul level as well. It's like that, that beautiful tipping point of like trying to balance the both of them out. But if you're, if you don't know like what those two energies are, then how could you ever balance them or navigate from one to the other or like learn the lessons that either carry as well. I find that it's just crucial, absolutely crucial. Um, And for me as well, like, especially with my nodes, um, not so much like North node, but definitely South node. I really explains a lot when it comes to, triggers that come up for me, things that come up where I'm like, that's really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Like it really supplies (laughs) like the foundations of why that's coming up because of like what that energy is that I'm carrying through. Right. Mm. Yeah. That's so fascinating. I'm curious to see where Chiron kind of comes into all of this for you, because I know for a lot of the time that I've been learning about astrology, I've been on a very big self-healing quest. And when I learn about Chiron, that was like the biggest breath of fresh air that I felt, even though it was like so intimidating to see that 
that placement was like so true for me. And I, I don't think I felt that way about any of my placements until I saw where my Chiron was. I'm curious to see what that was like for you. Cause I know <laughs> we both vibe with Chiron. <laughs> it was really scary and really confronting as well, because it was not necessarily something like when I found out about it, it wasn't necessarily something that I was ready to face. My Chiron is in Leo <laughs> in the mm. eighth. And <laughs> that's a big, big, Thing. And that's two very big placements as well. Like mixing, obviously, like my whole eight, most of my eighth house is like Leo. <laughs> like that in itself mm. is really confronting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> especially, especially growing up being like a very quiet, very, very shy, very, very like I would never speak unless spoken to sort of personality. That's a was really confronting when I found out that my car was in Leo. Um, and I wasn't ready to work with it for a really long time. I think that I've only truly been ready since, um, probably last year, to be honest with you, to fully step into like deeply healing that placement and then utilizing that to really become my, like more of my higher self and also to like lift others up through, through healing that as well. It's been really empowering mostly, but really scary. And I think that Chiron definitely sits in like probably like the top three placements that I feel like everybody should be aware of. Yes. I echo that so loudly. I think that is, it's such a powerful placement to get to know yourself. And while it is so confronting, I find it just as freeing because knowing where that placement is and understanding some of the really deep lessons that you've come here to learn as a soul being expressed as a human can really help soften the blow to some capacity in my experience. And while it is still extremely confronting and sometimes a really hard pill to swallow, I think it's such a beautiful recognition that this is something that you're also meant to help other people with. And it's such a beautiful softening into like, just knowing that the pain that you go through is also such, um, like a gift for other people to see themselves in you as well. And, feel that just like community and sisterhood and and familyhood with going through similar lessons together. Um, I find that really, really valuable because I don't think we go through these lessons alone and Chiron is a big one, but I definitely agree with you. It's like, it's, I would very deeply encourage everyone to learn where theirs is. Mm -hmm. It's almost like as well through Chiron, we learn how inextricably linked that we are as a collective because I mean, as you said, you know, that one of the purposes of moving through that placement and working with it is not just for yourself, but for the collective as well. And I just think that that's so beautiful because <laughs> it takes us back to the understanding of oneness and the fact that we are all so linked. We are linked, whether we like it or not. You know, we are a part of the one collective that exists. So I think it's beautiful. I truly, truly do. It takes us out of that victim mentality as well, right? Like 
learning about Chiron and, and seeing from my my own experience is where a lot of trauma like I've been I've endured in this lifetime. So yeah. knowing that it was easy for me to be like, well, all of this bad stuff is happening. And I can see that mentality being very easily slipped into, right? It's like, you think there's some karmic ties here and you must've done some bad shit in a past life, but that's so not true. And when you learn the other side to Chiron, you understand that like you are part of this group of souls that are ready to up level in some capacity and release that trauma, not just for yourself, but for the collective and releasing that and recognizing that you're not in this alone is such a healing, such a healing kind of thing to, to go through. So yeah, I think that's a really important side to Chiron that a lot of people also forget about. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that it is forgotten about. Like a lot of people don't even know about it either. <laughs> I feel like I, know. <laughs> I feel like it's never really spoken about unless there's a transit involving it, which is weird as well. I'm like, mm. it's weird. Um, well, uh, I guess like a lot of the asteroids aren't really talked about, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, it just baffles me that you know. It's one of those things that you don't even need to add it onto your chart. It automatically generates when you generate your chart. Yet no one really speaks about it. It's a bit strange. It's a bit strange. It is a bit strange. <laughs> it is a bit strange. Um, so <laughs> one of the one of the placements that I'm interested to know that like has been really difficult for you. I'm interested to know what that's been, but also like what it what it means for you as well and how you've navigated it i think my saturn has been really hard to wrap my head around um mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about it that i'm just like i think that the lessons of saturn continue i mean all of the lessons of your placements continue to unfold throughout your life but For me, I'm somebody who I like to have a reason for things. I like to have an experience to lean on for things. And my Saturn is, I'm going to bring up my chart. My Saturn is in the sixth house um, at one degrees in Uh, in Taurus. Taurus. I was was wondering what what Saturn group you were in. (laughs) It reminds reminds me of school groups. It's like, what Saturn group are you in? (laughs) Saturn Aquarius. (laughs) I'm Taurus. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's crazy. So this is like six houses all about routines and health and just your day to day. And so with Saturn there, I'm I still want to understand how this impacts my life. And as I continue to grow older, I kind of start to see that influence. But for me, I've actually had a lot of trouble with understanding how to implement that for me in particular but as we all know I've had multiple run-ins with my health um, especially with things like my fertility in the past 12 months so that is starting to come into play in some capacity and Taurus is a very feminine grounded sensual sign so at one degrees there I'm like oh 
you know, like just some placements, you just can't wrap your head around it yet. And that's how I feel with my satin placements. So yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to hear about you. Like what, what's one of those placements for you where you're like, oh. um, yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said about satin. I feel like it's difficult. It is really challenging. And it's one of those things where, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it was, I, I, as much as I hated my satin return during that time, like I'd spend my whole life, well, not my whole life. Cause I hadn't been <clears throat> like obviously studying my chart for my whole life, but <laughs> for, you know, a whole period of time before that, looking at astrology and looking at my natal chart and not understanding it. And then like, when I went through my satin return, I was like, okay, like it kind of brought through a little, little bit of understanding <laughs> about how it's actually serving me and what I'm here to do with that and how to work with it. Um, but I truly don't believe that we will ever 100% understand it until we come to the end of our time here, because it's so like, it's for one, so slow moving <laughs> and two, mm. just so complex. I think that it is given quite a bad rap. <laughs> I feel, I, I feel yeah. bad. I feel bad for him, but poor daddy son absolutely because i feel like for how much you feel like it takes it will give more in return Mm. but it's just Mm. the lesson of truly seeing what language that that is that it wants to speak with you and how it wants to work with you and what lens you want to see it through, but it's so fucking hard, like, because they're the toughest <laughs> lessons in the world. And you just like, why, mm-hmm. why is this happening to me? Like, it's just the worst. <laughs> so no, I, I agree with that. I think Saturn, um, but also <laughs> surprisingly, I really struggle with my Mercury placement at times. Yeah. Really? That is fascinating. Yeah, my my Mercury is in Virgo. <laughs> and <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> and I just I struggle with it because I feel like I kind of live my life and at times feel a lot of the time I feel very unheard because my Mercury in Virgo, Virgo being like the biggest perfectionist ever, like so like everything needs to be structured and perfect and like linear. I feel so unheard at times because of it, because I'm like, have I not gotten my point across properly? Like, am I communicating properly? Like, why isn't anyone understanding what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) so actually, I feel like I am in this wrestling match with my Mercury placement every day of my life from like the smallest things to the biggest things. (laughs) And I'm like, why does it have to be in fucking Virgo? I just, I really struggle with it. Um, it's just hard. I find that so fascinating because you are one of the clearest, funniest communicators ever. <laughs> like, I'm like, if you're not being straight to the point, like, 
you are making me laugh. So I'm like, I don't see any struggle with that because for me personally, with my Mercury placement, I've got it in Pisces. So getting my point across, like I resonate with that struggle. Sometimes people have no idea what the fuck I'm saying, but I can see this whole elaborate thing in my mind. And I have a really hard time kind of bringing that out into a language that people will understand. So I think that it's funny you also have that kind of come across in terms of like not being able to be understood. But I think that is also the power of Mercury because you are learning how to communicate better with not only your emotions, but like whatever planet is sitting next to it as well, if you've got any conjuncts. And so expressing that nature of the planet that's sitting next to it can can sometimes add in another layer of like, you know, what's trying to come through in this lifetime for you. So I find that fascinating, but also Virgo is so fucking hard on themselves. Like (laughs) you got to give yourself a break. It is. Yeah. It actually, funnily enough, my, um, my Mercury sits in a Saturn Deacon. So (laughs) there's like that. Yeah. So it's like, even though my Mercury is in Virgo, Mercury is still kind of have that, it's going to have that, just for anyone listening, it's going to have that texture of, like, satin, like, friction (laughs) to it. So maybe that's why, maybe that's why, like, even though everyone else is like, girl, you're fine, message received. And I'm like, I can't get my message across. (laughs) That's so interesting. That's so interesting. What what is your moon sign again? Is it I can't remember if you're an Aquarius rising Aquarius or moon. moon. <laughs> Aquarius yeah. moon, okay. Well yeah. yeah. I I think like with that inner world and trying to express that out. I don't know about you, but my inner world is so different to yeah. my sun sign and when I feel like I'm not being heard, it's really because my moon sign is like nobody sees me like nobody is really understanding who who I am on the inside and I think that's why it is powerful to learn about the moon but it's also one of those ones where I think it's tough to find a way to express that properly I don't know about you no I find it tough too I really do I feel very misunderstood (laughs) or like I feel like I'm not connecting or getting like that energy across sometimes that I'm like wanting it to be it's really hard to explain but I really feel that (laughs) yeah no I totally understand that I actually heard someone say um I can't remember it was like a reel that I saw and they were saying that their friend said you know, I'm really struggling to be in a world that wasn't made for me. And the friend replied and said, well, that's because the world wasn't made for you. You were made for the world. And I really feel this about Aquarius energy. I think that sometimes it's really hard for Aquarius placements to find their place on earth. And it's not because that they're out of place. It's because they were made for this place to create a world that suits people like them. And we're seeing such an uprising in Aquarius energy. We've only just entered the age of Aquarius. So for those who have major Aquarius placements, it is a time of feeling out of place. But if anything, it's a call to create you know, your version of heaven on earth or your version of support on this earth because 
it's a new wave of energy and vibration that's coming here. So it is going to feel out of place. I don't know. Does that no, make that sense? Makes all of the sense. Absolutely. I think that a lot of people will be feeling this and listening to this right now and like who do have strong Aquarius placements thinking, thank you, <laughs> because <laughs> at the end also finally feeling really seen because I feel seen. That's a big one. And yeah, I feel like we should do also an episode at one point about, oh no, we have, we have done an Age of Aquarius episode Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to scroll and try and find that and find what number it is. Yeah, actually. because for anyone listening to this who does have major placements, just listening to that will feel a little bit like home for you and the energy that, you know, is probably swirling around in the pits of your stomach right now, entering this new age and having to be confronted with, you know, all of this change and innovation and like, Aquarius is that, right? Like it's always off the cuff. It's mm -hmm. always like something new, something creating something that's just going to help not just themselves, but everyone else. So I feel like that, yeah, that episode was, um, I, I remember I'm getting flashbacks now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yes. I think it was, um, episode 26 Atlantis versus now it's history repeating yeah. itself. Was that, that might one? be, if yeah. not, then, um, we have done any other episodes on it we'll pop it in the show notes but um yes yeah big one big yeah. one i feel yeah i feel that too big time i'm curious to see what um zodiac sign like i know we did an episode that hasn't been released yet but i want to bring it through in this episode a little bit what zodiac sign do you vibe least with in your chart oh like okay cool so not other people just yeah <laughs> just no. with me in your own chart um oh god i'm just it would it would have to be my leo <laughs> with, with, mm. the, with chiron because i'm like that's not me <laughs> but also it makes sense it makes sense because it's like obviously the stuff that i'm here to learn and embody but yeah probably probably leo um but also at times like i do still struggle with my virgo and i, I know mm -hmm. guys i know this sounds crazy to you all and i know you probably won't understand it but <laughs> i truly do i i vibe with it the least and it's what i most of the time like my Virgo traits and tendencies is what I beat myself up for the most. Like, I just feel like I'm a burden a lot of the time on the world because no. of it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I'm like, I just can't help myself. I have to tell them, like, or I have to, like, you know, express how I need something done, especially like in, um, like from a relationship point of view, it can feel quite hindering at times, um, to have those Virgo placements. <laughs> What about you? <laughs> oh. I feel bad about that because my little Pisces soul is like, I see so much beauty in that. And I find Virgo has such an important place on this earth. And I understand that sometimes 
you may feel like the landing is too harsh and sometimes the the throwback can be too harsh on you as well because not everybody is so accustomed with understanding boundaries and you know understanding what's being asked of them and sometimes it's hard um and that's not because of you that's because of them so i think it's important um that virgos continue to ask for what they want and create those boundaries but i know and i can imagine it would be it would be really hard to kind of set that standard for other people this is a therapy session that i didn't know that i needed but i yeah. needed <laughs> That's so funny. Well, for me, it's actually like my, um, my second house is ruled by Sagittarius. I don't have anything in my second house. It's like empty, but I don't really vibe with that at all. Um, growing up, I felt really quite restricted when it came to money. And I know like now I've been working in the financial planning industry for a couple of years and I feel like for most of my life I've been very clear on my values whereas Sagittarius kind of comes off with this energy of like yes being clear but also being really free and sometimes like not really like blakey blakey yes <laughs> trying to be nice about it but yes flaky and like not coming through always so I don't know I just don't vibe with that but I am starting to see that spending habits can be a little bit erratic (laughs) sometimes (laughs) and like it is what it is but I don't really vibe with that I don't really like that that's so funny that's so funny but also maybe the point of that placement for you as well is to help others. Like obviously you work in that industry as well. Mm. So like you are also guiding other people through that who may very much operate from that area of like (laughs) being a little bit, (laughs) I just have, I'm just going to do a whole episode with hand movements a little bit (laughs) when it comes to their own financial stability and things like that. And you're literally helping people do that you're supporting you're guiding people to do that so maybe that's a reflection of that aspect of your life as well coming through not necessarily mm. just like what you're holding but also what you're here to help guide and direct others through as well so don't don't think it's just you i mean this is coming from a virgo who's like it's their problem <laughs> not mine <laughs> and uh, i'm not the problem i'm not to blame yeah i, I am not the problem girl it ain't you <laughs> it's them i'll take that i'll totally take that and it's funny because like my fiance is a sagittarius son and i swear to god like he with when it comes to money we're so different um and it's so funny but yeah i think that's I think that's really funny. Um, I don't know. I think that when it comes to learning about astrology and in particular our own birth charts, I mean, that's really what we've covered in, in this episode today. It is important to just go with your curiosity because I have found in my own experience that when somebody teaches me a placement that I genuinely do not have any interest in or have no like affliction to learning, it's not going to land. 
And it doesn't matter how long it takes you to understand because you are still continuously uncovering layers and different perspectives and, you know, understandings about each different placement. So I would encourage every one of you to not only, you know, explore the ones that we've talked about, but any that you are genuinely curious about, because that's when you're going to start to unlock a lot of the gifts. But in saying that, and in the same breath, I also want to say that your chart doesn't actually rule your life. You do. And I continue to stand by that no matter how much I understand about my own chart. I think it's so cool to see the placements and how they play out in life. But I personally, and I know this might sound crazy and paradoxical, but I actually don't want my chart to rule my life. I want to be able to explore and let my desires and curiosity lead me rather than feeling restricted by some capacity. Um, and that doesn't take away from the beauty and the understanding that I've learned and the healing that I've learned from my own chart. If anything, it's enhanced it. Said by a true Piscean. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree with you. And I think that at times the concept of having to like fit into every single box of your chart, not that I'm saying that a chart is like confining, Hmm. it can be very much, um, you know, freeing but I'm just saying like you may not resonate with some things and it might sort of push you into certain energies that may not align with you and that's completely fine like you don't have to do you don't have to do what your horoscope says or what your chart says or you don't don't even need to align with who it's you know who it's sort of (sighs) unraveling like who you are and what it's showing you you know it's not always a direct mirror I find it's more so Mm -hmm. like I always envision it like you're in a room full of mirrors and you're also holding up a mirror. So you're getting like the refraction of it bouncing off all the other ones as well. So it's like, that's really important to remember as well when it comes to this and you know, nothing is final. It's a, it's also Mm -hmm. a journey. Your chart is a journey and you know, it's not like this is who you are. It's like, this is who is unfolding in this lifetime. Um, It's never final. So I think that's really important to to express as well but um i have had so much fun (laughs) so much fun unwrapping (laughs) this and just speaking about it freely i really love i love being able to share on this and also like tapping into our own personal journeys with this energy as well and like the different energies that we we have in our charts has been really i feel like i've just had a therapy session so thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) it's been great um (laughs) As always, guys, uh, you can find us on all of the platforms. I don't even need to list them. Just any platform, you will find us. So yes. go go and find us everywhere. Um, and also, if this resonated with you, we'd love if you could share it. Take a screenshot, tag us, share it. We'd love to see who is listening and learn more about you guys as well and hear about how you liked the episode or any other previous episodes that you've listened to. Um, but we're so grateful to have you here as beautiful listeners and beautiful members of our family. So thank you for being here and we will catch you guys next week.